G'day and welcome to the Sea Creatures Podcast, a show all about the amazing animals that live beneath the waves. Each episode we chat about a specific sea creature with a guest who has spent time and interacted with this ocean animal. Our guests range from marine biologists to divers to underwater photographers, citizen scientists and people that have an intense passion for marine life. My name's Matt Testoni and I'm all of the above and joining me for this episode of the Sea Creatures Podcast is Maddie Smith and he's an underwater photographer and today We're going to be talking all about squid because some of the best squid photos I've ever seen have come from Maddie's work. So welcome to the show. Thanks very much. I'm all of the above too. So I think you just encompassed all of it right there. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, nice intro. Thank you very much. So what kind of led you to like take so many cool squid photos, I guess, and I guess most of them would be the southern reef squid or reef squid photos. Well, to be honest with you, I'd not. I'd seen quite a few nice shots of squid, and I'd not actually ever managed to take any myself. So it was one of those obsession things where you kind of get inspired by other people's work, and you think, you know, that's that's one box I've not ticked. So I kind of made it my mission of, a few years ago to to at least get a good squid shot. And it didn't really take long to learn that the the time to do it is going to be at night time, right? Because like in the daytime, you occasionally see squid. And they can be very sort of shy, like um, they'll never really get close enough to the camera to be able to get a really connective shot um, or, you know, a really sort of interactive shot with a squid. But at nighttime, it's a whole different story. Like you go out there in the dark and you and you switch a bright white light on and it attracts all kinds of uh, nightlife, basically. So you get all kinds of small little swimming worms and little bait fish and all things like that that kind of get attracted to your nightlight, like moths to a flame would under a street lamp or something like that, you know, or moths to a light or whatever. And what that does is that really excites the squid, as is soon learned, and they they will actually use that to hunt. So they will actually close in on your light and, and hide in the shadows just next to, just out of your torch beam. And, uh, and then they will come in and attack and attack things that are, that are flashing around in front of your light. So I, I kind of figured that out and got quite excited about the opportunities. So I, I started taking quite a few squid pictures and interacting with things and learning just you know what little characters they are really like they, they they come into your light and they sit there and they look at you as they're waiting for a feed or sometimes they come really really close like they'll actually swim up between me and my camera like i'll be photographing a squid and it kind of goes out of my viewfinder and i'll pull the camera away from my face and it's kind of milling around behind me light or swimming up to my dive mask or and they just suddenly become your best mate at night time for some you know like in the daytime like i say you can't get rid of them at night time i mean you can't get close to them at night time you they're hanging around you like like a little entourage so and from then i i i got i started to get a small portfolio of squid pictures together but i i love symmetry in my photos right okay so anything that looks symmetrical in a shot i think it's really eye-catching so i started to to make my mission on a lot of my shots to try and get some symmetry in the photos. So I, I'm trying to angle my body so I'd be head onto the squid so I could get it looking in, down the camera barrel. And, and and I found that that gives it a lot of personality by doing that. From the side, it looks like a beautiful colored squid. And, I, and I've done some sort of abstract shots of that kind of thing, which I'll talk about in a little while. But, but when you look at them head on and slightly below, they almost seem to get this face. Like you can see the siphon that they use which they push water out as part of their jet propulsion system. And it almost looks like a comical mouth below the eyes there. And then the, um, the arms, when the arms all stand up 
on top of the head. It looks like some kind of crazy Simpson character hairstyle. So you very quickly, when you get them square on, start to see these little characters start to appear, which is really fun. And it, and it makes you laugh and then keeps you entertained on a cold winter's night when you're out there in the dark, like some kind of crazy person chasing these things around. So, and yeah, and you just, just play, just played with that really and get these symmetrical shots of them sort of peering straight down the camera barrel. After I'd got a few images like that, got a nice little collection of all these little characters. I started to try and experiment a little bit more on um, how I could approach um, the squid and the squid have got really interesting skin. So they've got all these um, color cells in the skin called chromatophores, which they can expand and contract at will, which is basically acts like pixels, color pixels on the squid skin. So the squid can say, for instance, and they've got thousands, you know, probably millions of these little chromatophore cells. And at will, the squid can maybe expand the yellow ones and make its skin look yellow, or it can contract the yellow ones and expand the purple ones and make the squid look purple. So they, they have this beautiful rippling color that changes quite dramatically, quite quickly. One minute you can be looking at this squid that's bright yellow, and then it sort of goes through a green to a purple. Or And I find that quite interesting in the whole process of looking closely at the skin as it does that. So, so the second part to my squid portfolio, I started to... Um, zoom right in close, get really, really close to the squid and shoot these little abstracts of just the arms or just the back or just one of the fins or something like that, just to try and sort of emphasize that texture of that color change on the skin and make it in more detailed, I guess, for the viewer to be able to see close up what the skin looks like. The best way to describe it really for someone that's not seen one of those close up pictures is it, it looks like Aboriginal dot paintings, the dot paintwork. It, it always reminds me of that feels like a very Australian photo. Although squid are found all over the world, it, just, it always just makes me feel like I've just walked into an Aboriginal um, arts centre or something when you look at one close up. Yeah, yeah. And because the squid are quite translucent and the squid, you know, we're talking about and we've seen on the coast of Australia, they're probably they're up to 30 centimetres in size. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I find sometimes they're like little square pixels and sometimes they're circular ones. And Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how their expression can change in the blink of an eye. Like the arms can be all outstretched and they look like one character. And then I don't know if it's the show of anger or I don't know what it is, but sometimes they'll just wrinkle all the arms up and then they'll go like a gold, bright golden colour and they look really angry for a second. And then they'll sort of chill out again and straighten everything out again and look all friendly again. And yeah, they're very, very yeah. intriguing little characters. And even individuals seem to have their own characters. Like some will just hang in the shadows and won't let you get close to them. And some are it'll be right in your face yeah and i mean one of my favorite little character things i've seen is occasionally you'll get a squid that just likes your light a little bit too much and it gets closer and closer yeah and then tries to grab it yeah. and then realizes it's probably yeah. not food and jumps back and he he always has or she always has this shocked look like oh my god what was what? that like yeah, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. Was that how dare you like you know fool me with this and then they yeah. do it and they stare at you for like a second and they just fly off like in this angry, like yeah, yeah. pissed off mood. It's fantastic. Yeah. And again, sulk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now they're, they're awesome little creatures. I can't get enough of them. And, and I'm actually quite happy, excited now because in New South Wales, they're like savings finishing this weekend. So which brings night diving back into more sociable hours. So I ain't got to sit up until nine o'clock at night to get your dive gear on and go for a dive like in the coming months i'll be able to get in the water at sort of 5 p.m which is great and get a couple of hours diving and get home for dinner <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah because squid are nocturnal and 
I'm not sure how many you usually see, but I usually see them in groups of like five to 10 kind of swimming around. Would that be the same for yourself? Yeah, sometimes singles or sometimes, particularly the really tiny ones, the ones that are a couple of centimeters long, you sometimes get a group of like 20 or 30. And they just look like little alien craft because they all tend to be lined up perfectly all pointing in the same direction, which is generally you looking into your lights. And they just look like something, you know, like if Close Encounters of Third Kind or Star Wars or something as, you know, a whole fleet of starships is lined up. That's what they kind of remind <laughs> me of with the sort of eyes glinting in the dark. Yeah. And because they have such huge eyes. Like I know, you know, a lot of people probably have seen like octopus and octopus have this like kind of thin slit eye, mm. but squid really do have this huge round bulbous eye it's, it's amazing and it's like a mirror like when you hit it with strobe light or underwater flash if you get it at the wrong angle it, it really blows out it's, it's literally is like trying to take a flash photograph into a mirror sometimes so for the photographers out there a little a little tip what i tend to do is rather than pointing my strobes either side of the lens straight at the squid i'll tend to put the strobes on fairly longish arms for macro shots and turn the mint strobes in to face each other in front of the macro lens. So the light's coming at it at a totally different angle. And sometimes when you get those really friendly squid that we were talking about that swim right up to your lens port, if your arms are extended beyond the back of the squid and then pointed slightly back towards the camera, you can get this beautiful backlighting on the squid, uh, which makes them look like glass. Like they actually, the whole body texture just seems to change as the light shines through it rather than bounce off it and it looks like a little glass sculpture with all these little colored dots on and it helps with that you don't get that burnout on the eye of the that mirror-like eye you don't get the strobe burnout on there yeah and i guess like yeah because they are mainly translucent yeah i mean they're kind of like the the ultimate photography subject uh animal that changes color to all these different ranges is kind of see-through so you can capture all these different angles it's just Yeah, they're awesome. Like little blown glass bulbs of colour with an attitude. Do you ever see them feeding at night or have you ever seen them catch anything? Yeah, heaps of times. Yeah, like when I've been photographing them, um, if you get like a little bait fish swirling around in front of your light, then uh, sometimes the squid will make you jump because you're swimming around and you can't see one. And one will just suddenly come flying in from nowhere and, and hit a fish and then just sit there in your light and start eating it. So I do have a few photographs of, of squid actually sort of devouring fish in the light right in front of me so you, you've got and it's amazing how quick they eat them right like the, the squid can catch a fish that's probably about a third its size and it's gone quite quickly like they just have it hold it in their arms and they're just kind of chewing and chewing and chewing and it's gone like you know in 20 seconds or so so you've got to be really really quick to get a predatory shot of a squid holding a an object that still looks like a fish until you know because it very quickly gets chewed up and doesn't look anything recognizable anymore so you've kind of lost the moment so yeah because i think they use their beaks which are like kind of like a bird beak and quite sharp just to like almost like scissors they just kind of slice through it it's crazy that's right yeah 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 very quickly gets gets eaten yeah and so you see them at night time is it a special kind of like are they on the sand are they in a reef or under a pier like what's where are they most common? It can be all, all over, really. Like, I normally, like, I don't do particularly deep dives to find them at night. I'll normally just dive in a harbour. So we've got um, Wollongong Harbour here, which is really good, or I've got another place called Bush Rangers Bay, which is a small enclosed bay. And I'm generally just diving in, like, three metres of water. Like, you could literally stand up 
Um, it's that shallow, just over over sandbanks and seagrass beds and things like that. And often they are up high in the water. They're up just under the surface, and sometimes they're down on the seagrass. So they can be all over, really. But yeah, I just generally stick to the shallow water because it tends to be easier to find them in the water column. In the sh- and I think they do come into the shallows at night to feed more anyway. So through the summer months um, last year and the year before, um, when it was too late to night dive in the evenings, I would get up early in the morning and, and go for a night dive. And you get, I'd get in the water at maybe 5 a.m., you know, an hour before sunrise and get an hour of shooting the squid. And they'd have all these behaviors that we were talking about, approaching lights and things. But as soon as the water starts to green a little bit and the, and the first rays of light come through, they just, they vanish. Like they're just gone, like nowhere to be seen. So, so yeah, I think the shallow water is probably a good place to find them. Definitely. When you go and look in. And not only the squids, like uh, in Wollongong Harbour, we, we get these really wonderful bobtail squid as well. And we get these pajama squid, which are more bottom dwellers but all all variants of the set of similar subjects really and all but all with different behaviors and different um, patterns on their bodies and yeah yeah you, you have to describe a pajama squid for us because the name is very indicative of the animal isn't it yeah it is 100 yeah so pajama squid they look more like a small cuttlefish so squid tend to be quite elongated quite long and torpedo like whereas cuttlefish and pajama squid i'm not like i'm no scientist so i'm not sure if a pajama squid is truly a squid or whether it is a type of cuttlefish, but it's more rotund, more sort of round and you know, robust looking, I suppose you could say. Shorter arms, fatter body. And they're white, basically white with black stripes on, like black stripes that run the length of the body rather than across it. So it looks like they're wearing a pair of old school pajamas. And they're, yeah, they're really cool looking things. They've got these really really great sort of white eyes with like the black slits in and these and these long black stripes that run the full length of their body and they sort of mill around on the sand looking for little crabs and things to eat yeah they're cool little characters and then and when they get annoyed with you they just bury themselves in the sand and they're gone so yeah and they and in the daytime it's i think i've only ever seen ever one pajama squid out and about in the daytime but at night time in wollongong harbour you, you lose count how many you see you see like you know maybe 10 on a dive something like that on an hour's dive so really really cool little subjects to shoot and and it, they're really good actually to experiment with your photographic technique if you want to experiment with um, different types of snooting or spotlighting or all that kind of thing they're really really cool subjects to practice all that on yeah because they kind of sit on the sand and they stay still for a little bit before they bury themselves yeah that's, like that's right yeah. looking at you like yeah do i really have to hide from you again yeah that's it yeah 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 and then they'll bury themselves and i think i like the bit i like the best when they bury themselves particularly the bobtail squid as well is like they'll sort of push themselves into the sand until just the eyes and the top of the head standing out and then they'll use two of their arms just to like scoop up the sand all around them and throw it over themselves it looks kind of funny kind of cute yeah because they're just like normal squid they've got eight arms and two tentacles i believe because tentacles are covered in suckers but arms aren't totally covered i think you're probably right i don't exactly know <laughs> like i say i'm no, not a scientist <laughs> i have read like a, i tried to educate myself when i see something new or find a new photographic subject I think I, I think with the pajama squid, I, I inc- the reason I'm a bit tentative about saying it is I read on a website somewhere that technically they cut fish, and then a scientist friend of mine I put a post on Instagram about that, and a scientist friend of mine very quickly pulled me up and said, "No, they this or they that." I, can't, I won't go into detail because it's a few years ago now, and I can't quite remember. I stood corrected. <laughs> I did a fair like bit of like checking out of yeah. like squid and a bit of research for the podcast. Yeah. And I was just bamboozled by the family tree of cephalopods, which are, yeah. you know, cuttlefish and squid. And I was yeah. like, 
there's no way. Like, it's just so confusing. And I reckon if it's got a round eye, it's a squid. If it's got a slit eye, it's not a squid. That's my rule of thumb. Yeah, okay. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and cuttlefish, they're a thing unto themselves as well. I love cuttlefish. So intelligent, like really, really high level of intelligence, I believe, because they show genuine interest in you as a diver. Like they'll swim, you know, they'll swim over to you and they'll react to you and they'll watch you and move around you. And yeah, another, I think probably my favorite underwater creature actually is is the cuttlefish. Yeah. Really, really cool characters. Yeah, because you get the giant ones. Yeah. Well, we get the giant ones all across the south of Australia, don't we? That's right, yeah. And, of course, you get the really cool giant cuttlefish aggregation down in Wyala every sort of May till end of July, early August, where I think it's up to about 200,000 giant cuttlefish aggregating at one fairly small bay around Point Lonely. Point Lowly, just, just out of Wyala. June's the best time, like through May... They're kind of building up, so the numbers are below and getting more and more and more. Then in June, it really sort of kicks off, and you've got these huge, really colourful males all fighting for the females and things. But then when you start to move into July and August, they've all been fighting a lot and tearing strips off each other, and they're not in the best photographic prime. They're starting to look a bit beaten up, and a few are starting to die off, because as soon as they've mated, they die, they die off. Um, so they start to get, yeah, they start to get looking a bit ordinary sort of towards August. So June's, June's kind of the, the sort of seen as the prime month to shoot them when you've got them in all the colourful, boastful sort of prime. Yeah, because I think squid actually are very similar with their breeding, though. I've heard that, like, they do the same thing. They change colour and they have the sneaky male that pretends to be a female to breed, like... Yeah, but I've never been able to see squid kind of mating. Have you come across it or? No, not really. No, I've never seen mating squid. Although there's a guy that lives at Point Lowly who's become a good friend of mine. He loves the cuttlefish. There's a guy called Carlo. He uh, mentioned that there is a little bay nearby where about the same time of year you can find the squid mating, but I think it's a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the details of it. I'm just trying to recall a, a distant conversation I had with him probably three or four years ago about the squid there. And um, yeah, I don't think it's quite as predictable or spectacular as the the cuttlefish goings on there, which is just incredible. Like I say, there's, I think there's like sort of like 200,000 giant cuttlefish, which can be up from a metre long and weigh 10 kilos. So they're not small animals in this one bay. And they're, and they're right up to the point where they're almost beaching themselves. So sometimes when you're there and you're getting changed into your dive gear, like someone will come along that's not dived there before looking for the cuttlefish and they'll go, oh, where do I find the cuttlefish? And you just go... You can't, you won't miss them. Just walk down there, put your fins on them. Before you've even got your fins and your mask on, there'll be male cutfish fighting around your knees. Like literally, they're just, the floor is carpeted oh. with them. Like you just cannot miss them. It really is a sight to behold. It's one of nature's wonders, definitely. It's, it's an amazing thing to, to watch and take plenty of um, memory cards with <laughs> you in hard drive space for download because you come back with a lot of pictures. Yeah, I mean, it's just got me thinking because, like, as I said, I was researching the squid. And in, have you heard in, in America, similar squid, they do what the cuttlefish do, but on a mass yep. scale off deep off a channel at about 30, yeah, right. 40 meters. Yeah. I wonder if the same thing as the giant cuttlefish is actually happening with the squid along the coast. It would be something cool to kind of yeah. try and find, I reckon. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be very good. Yeah. Yeah. How big are the squid? Are they? They're, they're about, yeah, th- up to 30 centimeters. So 
I think there's a big one in Japan, actually. There's some bioluminescence squid. I've seen a fo- I saw a photograph once by a really, really great photographer um, called Brian Scarry. And it was loads and loads of, um, I think it was Brian Scarry. I hope it was now I said that. There was loads and loads of these bioluminescent squid carcasses all washed up on a beach. And the whole beach is just like glowing blue. And it's all these dead squid. And I'm pretty sure it's Japan where they'd all just finished mating and, and, and washed up. It almost looks like those bioluminescent tides we get around southern Australia, you know, of, of the bioluminescent algae yeah. that we get. But it, was, it, but it was squid bodies. And it's quite an amazing photograph. And so on the other end of the spectrum, have you ever come across squid eggs and like real baby squid? Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen quite a few squid eggs. Like you see them hanging like bunches of white bananas generally around seaside sponges and things like sea tulips that kind of thing they like to lay them tunicates and stuff like you get these like they look like bunches of small white bananas maybe three four centimeters long i guess depending on the species of squid yeah i've seen quite a few of those and, and quite a few little tiny baby squid like i've never seen a squid hatch like i've seen some really cool photographs of fully developed squid inside eggs and things like that. I've always kind of really wanted to get one, but I've never got one. In fact, I've seen some really cool photos of flamboyant cuttlefish hatching coming out of the eggs. Now, flamboyant cuttlefish are just like a, about the size of a grape at the biggest, but they just look like perfect little miniature, very colourful cuttlefish. They live up to the name flamboyant because they're kind of like raspberry red and like grape purple and orange and white yellow and their bodies just ripple with all those colors like you know some kind of psychedelic color show when you see one of those walking across the sand unfortunately they're in the tropics you have to go up to places like the philippines to see them but amazing little creatures and i have seen photographs of those hatching out of these little translucent eggs i wouldn't know how big the eggs are but judging by the size of a fully grown adult their eggs must be tiny and um it's funny because as soon as they pop out the egg they start doing that crazy flamboyant color color show that they're famous for right from the get-go so that would be another one on the hit list one day with enough time and money in the world to get all these photos (laughs) yeah and i've seen the footage where they because they're i think inside the egg they're quite plain looking and then apparently i was told that you know how you get you can get a good photo of them because just before they hatch they start that color change as you said yeah, so if you right. look at a bunch yeah. of eggs and you see one that's suddenly going yeah. purple, you go, oh, quick, 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 film that one. It's going to go. Yeah, right. One day, one day. Yeah. <laughs> and the ones actually you do see quite a few eggs. When you get to giant cuttlefish migration, you see a few cuttlefish eggs there, um, random ones that have dislodged from under the rocks. And if you're really lucky, you'll see some laid under the rocks that the females have put there. But they're like they're kind of like teardrop shaped. So they're like a like, you know, thick at one end and thin at the other. And they just hang there on little bunches under the rocks, like little bells or whatever. I don't think they get fully formed baby cuttlefish in them until kind of end of November time or something like that. I've never really seen it photographed. Yeah, and I, I've seen that once actually locally in Melbourne. And at the time, I thought it was some kind of weird sponge or sticky weird thing that I, you know, peered under and saw yeah. this cuttlefish next to these teardrop things, as you said. And I was like, yeah. oh, what's that kind of weird? You know, because sponges often have that like yeah. sometimes tendrily kind of things and yeah, later on, a year later, I looked at the photo. I was like, no, that's actually the eggs. Yeah, that's the eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah like little white sort of teardrop-shaped pearls. Yeah. So yeah. just before we start to wrap up, back to squid, yep. do you have any really cool stories or your favourite memory of a squid encounter? I think probably, probably the shot I got that was featured in the Australian Geographic Awards back in believe about 2016 
and it's a squid. It's one of the symmetrical ones that I was talking about earlier on that literally came right up to the minimum focus distance of my 60 mm lens. So really, really close to my camera. And at that kind of close distance, it's really hard to get a shot in focus because things coming out in and out of focus at that close distance really easy. And I was, and I was trying to get underneath it. I wanted a shot looking up underneath the squid, which you really see um, again, trying to get something a little bit different. And I was kind of almost lying on my back on the seabed in about three meters of water. And, and, a, and it was like five o'clock in the morning, like on a summer's morning, I've been in the water since like 4am or something ridiculous like that. And that one came, yeah. And it just swam straight over the top of me. And I remember, Remembering not to exhale because as soon as you exhale, all the bubbles go straight up through your shot when you're in that position because obviously you're lying on your back looking up. So, and it swam over and it swam perfectly and like just slowly peered, swam up to my camera lens and sort of peered straight down the barrel, perfectly symmetrical square on. And and the, and I took a few shots and in one of the shots, the one that that I used, it's siphons wide open, so it looks like it's big shocked mouth, and it looks like it's peering down the lens with a like a really shocked look on its face but almost in a comical friendly sort of way and actually uh, it was used in the australian geographic awards and then when i was there the um editor-in-chief approached me and said we really wanted to use that on the cover of the next issue but because it was a horizontal landscape orientation shot and the way it was framed she said the designer had spent hours and hours and hours trying to make the cover work with this photo and they just couldn't get the writing to fit around it right and eventually they scrapped the idea so I kind of wish she hadn't told me that I was just like <laughs> that's kind of like yeah that's almost mean <laughs> saying we was going to use it on the cover but then we didn't but no it was nice to know anyway but yeah yeah ah cool well thanks heaps for coming along and chatting to us today if anyone wants to see any of these amazing photos which you've mentioned, where should they go and what should they do? Oh, probably my the best thing to do is just head to my Instagram um, page, which is at Maddie Smith Photo um, with double T M A T T Y um, Smith Photo, and yeah, and that's where I post most of my work. A lot of the stuff I use maybe commercially, so it doesn't it doesn't get straight onto Instagram, but, um, but certainly there is an overflow of pictures that go on there and it's kept more up to date than anywhere else. So it'd be a great place to, um, to meet people and have a look. Yeah. Ah, cool. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Sea Creatures podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Matt Testoni. Stay up to date with all things Sea Creatures podcast by visiting the Sea Creatures podcast Instagram which is sea creatures underscore podcast or my own photography page which is matt underscore testoni underscore photography production assistance by george mcgrath and music by the talented dan musel and his amazing slide guitar if you like the show jump onto our patreon account where you can give a small monthly donation to help with the running costs of the program that's patreon.com slash sea creatures podcast coming up next time on the sea creatures podcast we're going to be talking to sam riley all about leatherback sea turtles with some amazing facts. This has been the Secrets Podcast. Over and out.